Welcome to Malpractice Podcast. Hello, are you ready to get started? Super ready. Awesome. Feels like it's been a, a while, actually. It does feel like it's been a really long time. It hasn't, but it feels like it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Sydney. And I'm Jess. And this is Malpractice Podcast. It's been a while. <laughs> and it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you ever been sitting there yes. just like enjoying your life? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, no. <laughs> yes, I've been sitting there. No, not enjoying my life. Yeah. And you realize that your jaw has been so tightly clenched that when you release it, you're like, ow, it actually hurts. Yes. To exist. That's yeah. how hard I grind my teeth. Yeah. No, same. It's not good. (laughs) Speaking of being in pain, we did a house renovation. So we have a rental unit attached to the back of our house, which is great. However, it needed a lot of work. We started renovating it this weekend, and I threw my back out. Did you realize how much work it was going to be before you got started, or was it like uncovering? Certainly not. Like when I bought this house, I did not realize how much work it was going to be. Yeah. But also, back out. Like a grandma. Big eggs. I'm 30. Is this what happens? You just throw your back out now? I think so. Fuck. I just don't do manual labor, so I don't know, but I do think it happens. Like, Eric and I went to pick up a, sh- a piece of sheetrock, and we were like, one, two, three, lift, and I got about halfway up, and the muscles in my back, like, seized. <gasps> it's never happened to me before. Oh I thought I was going to die. Ugh. Right. This is why I don't pick up anything. It's a very stressful (laughs) concept that you could just start throwing your back out. I'm not going to pick up anything. This is, this soda is like the heaviest thing for me. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, just about died. It feels like I, I don't, I mean, I do not do manual labor. I don't. I decline. Yeah. I'm so sorry. And I'm on my period. I'll cut that part, but... No, it's bad. I'm on mine, too. It was a bad combo. That's enough manual labor for me. <laughs> Being on your period. Fuck yeah, it's, it's labor. Laborious. It feels laborious. Word? Yeah. Yes. And it's a bitch. My uterus is shedding... It's shaming me. Right. And and fighting me. And Same. And healing itself. Same. And discarding itself. It's and labor. And also, it's attacking me. It's in the middle. Oh, Yeah constantly oh, yeah. of attacking me so while this yes. hard manual labor weekend was happening my mom literally goes at one point we ordered pizza as you should and it came late and my mom goes oh my god y'all she looks around this is how my mom talks oh my god y'all this is like a labor camp oh wow <laughs> and i was like easy e- whoa whoa now easy drama you're fine. I mean, she is the most fun she i love same oh so I was on the way to visit Sydney a couple weekends ago, mm-hmm. and I live in mm-hmm. my car now on the way there. Right. You know when you get in your car and it's like three hours, you're like, I can do three hours. Like, that's no big deal. Yeah. I was in the vehicle on the way to Sydney for five hours. Yeah. I was in such horrible traffic. It was getting rough. It was rough, and I was like, there better be, and this sounds bad, but I was like, there better be a big cause. Right, there better be yeah a big situation that's causing us to sit in traffic for two hours. It was hours. bad. Yeah, I'm like that vehicle better be like everyone better survive, but the, <laughs> there should be just smithereens, like just the crumblings <laughs> of vehicles. Correct. 
There was nothing there. Oh. Nothing. That's we just the worst. The police cars were there. Yeah. There better have been an escape convict. There better be. There better have been something crazy going on. Sheep on the road? Something. I didn't see not one thing. Not one sheep. Not one smithereen. I was enraged. Sydney was like cracking <laughs> up, but I was like, I am going <laughs> to actually commit a crime. <laughs> I did meet Sydney's new baby kitten. So oh, yes. Worth it. We do have a baby kitten. Uh, we found her in a drainage ditch. Sydney and Eric love to rescue baby kittens. Let's be clear. We love to rescue a cat. So we took her into the vet's office, and our, our vet is called All Cats. Right. Because all they do is cats. We went in. We were taking the baby kitten. We're calling her Marmalade. So cute, by the way. She's so cute. Marmy. We're calling her Marmy. And... We took her into the vet, and they're just jazzed that we're not there to drop her off and leave her there forever. Because people come in with kittens. They're like, I don't know what to do with this kitten. Here, you take her. So tough. And I was like, oh, that's so messed up. Who would do that? And the vet tech was like, dude, people come in here with all kinds of animals and just drop them off. And I was like, like what? And she said, a possum. (laughs) Immediately, no. I know this story, and I just got shocked by this news I said, someone brought a possum to this office and she said yes and handed it to her no bare hand this man was holding a possum like under its possum armpits a po- he found that in the parking lot no he found it in his bed listen okay this man said he came home he saw a possum in his bed he thought it was a joke that his wife was playing a prank on him question he number one Lifted the covers. What kind of wife does he have to think that that would be a funny joke? She's either very hilarious or or very fucked up. It's one of those two. Very fucked up immediately. Because if Eric did that to me, I would not find it funny. I don't think it's funny and, and nothing happened to me. So turns out it was not a joke. Right. Somehow a possum climbed into his bed. He flipped the covers back and the possum, she said full teeth, hissed at him. Because you woke it up. Which is rude on your part. Yeah, your fault. He's taking a snooze. <laughs> possum naps. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a hard life. He's a possum. Apparently. So he wrangles this possum, brings it into all cats, and he's like, close enough, right? Here's this possum. No. Correct. Also, move out of your home immediately <laughs> if you're po- that possum won. Yeah. You were playing a game of Survivor that you didn't know about, and the possum kicked your ass. The possum so voted you, you off the island. Correct. Yes. You're voted off the island. Goodbye. Just, you're out, Audi 5000. You got to go. Bye-bye. But you have to Peace. pay the mortgage. That's the game. That's the possum's house now. Yes. He lives there. I would not wrangle him bare hand for sure. Bare hands? <laughs> bare hands? That is- Bare hands. No towel. No t-shirt. No. What is raw? First of all, what kind of what kind of folk are these? Strange folk. These are possum wrangling folk, and I don't know them. I grew up on a farm, and I'll tell you right now, I'm not bare hand wrangling a possum. So, no. If you are doing that, you are a different kind of person that I do not know. I grew up not anywhere special. Jessica grew up in a cul-de-sac. Do not ask her to pick up a possum. <laughs> I'm not a possum. Bare hands. <laughs> bare hands. Fuck out of here. I don't even want to squish bugs. All right, we have 23 minutes of bullshit. Yes, should we, we should get should into we this episode. Jump into this? Okay. Yeah, we have a really interesting story for you guys today. 
Yeah, this week we're covering a creepy place with creepy history and creepy stories. Okay, I actually looked this up. Perfect. Povelia is how you say it. Povelia. That's pretty. Okay, perfect. Yeah, the Italians know what's up. Appreciate y'all. Povelia is a small island. It's just like 18 acres off the coast of northern Italy. Italy. Okay, (laughs) great start. Um, Stuck the landing. (laughs) Well, this is just, you know, I already forgot how to say the island's name, so we're doing good. (laughs) Over the years, it was used as a weapons armory, dumping ground for plague victims, and a mental asylum, to name a few. If you're like me... You'd be like, Jess, Sydney, where did you find this this information? Like, how do you know about this? This is crazy. Correct. Okay, I found it on TikTok, <laughs> and I sent a screenshot to Sydney. Yeah. Um, and before you get into how TikTok isn't reliable, one, that's offensive. Because we can already sense your judgment. And two, um, we looked it up, and it's totally real. There are pieces that are for sure historically fact, and then there are pieces that are like legend and stories that we're going to share some of those with you as well, um, that people like speculate on what could be real. So we get to cover a creepy story, which Sydney really likes, Mm -hmm. and I get validation for my love of TikTok, which I like. You love TikTok. And that's (laughs) the best combo. Agreed. This episode is right up my alley. I want to go to this creepy island, and I want to go- No. So freaking bad. Immediately, no. (laughs) Immediately, no. You wouldn't go? No, of course you wouldn't go. Fuck no! (laughs) I'm not... This place is haunted, guaranteed. If anywhere is haunted, it's this place. It's not for me. I don't like that vibe. Did you see the pictures? Yes. Because I included this one picture at the very end of our, our little notes here. No, thank you. It's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. We'll post some pictures, but you have to go look it up. I'm not going there. Go alone. So... Povelia is a, is that how we decided we're saying it? Povelia? Honestly, I told you I already forgot how to say it because it was hard. Perfect. So I blocked it from my memory. Povelia is what right. I'm sticking with. Is a secluded landmass that Italians actually stay away from, which is fair, because it has a long tradition of human suffering. The Italian government actually does not allow the public to access the island without extensive paperwork and, like, a good reason for going. You can't just say, I want to go, and then they let you go. Mm -hmm. The Italian Tourism Board prohibits visiting, and if you do want to go... Why would you want to go? Immediately, no. You, Sydney, I'm talking to you. (laughs) I would go. Any other weirdo out there. (laughs) There's a super lengthy application process, or... You could possibly, and I read stories where people did this, pay someone sketchy to drive you by the island on a boat. Mm-hmm. Likely you would have to pay them more if you wanted to get off onto the island, partially because there's a severe penalty. Like, you will pay a fine if they catch you doing this. Yeah. Good. You know what, Italy? Good. Because we in the U.S. don't charge people enough for creating opportunities for creepy shit to follow people places. <laughs> Okay. And this I appreciate. Like, you yeah. can't just go out and, like, antagonize the presence of people that are there. The, yeah. You can't just be doing that in Italy. And, you know, shout out to y'all. I, I Italians 100%... respect some history. And they should because they got long history. They do. America's like, we're new. We can do creepy shit. Yeah. Fair enough. Except it's not really fair because don't drag your haunting back. You know, people do that. It's so fucked up to do that. Stop doing that Stop if you're it. doing that. Stop it. We told you about this. Especially, I believe in all of that, so don't even, don't look at me. If we told you once, we told you a thousand times. Number one, it always happens to Catholics. That's why the Italians are scared. Because if somebody's going to get possessed, it's a Catholic. Have you ever seen one of those movies? Always a Catholic family. Uh, I left 
in the middle of one of those movies and I've never seen another because I don't understand the wanting to be scared. Life is scary enough. Like, yeah, buying a house is scary enough. Like, I don't need, like, demonic shit in my life. I'm already scared from just regular schmegular shit. I do love to be scared. I ain't gonna lie to you. Mm-mm. I love a scary movie. I think I, because I have, like, secondhand embarrassment from movies, like, I will stop a movie if I don't like how someone is feeling and I have issues. But I think I have secondhand fear from movies, too. Like, <laughs> I'm scared before the movie even starts. Don't worry about me. But I'm really scared because I'm feeling like that character should be scared. So I'm scared for them, too. Yeah. I'm super scared. <laughs> I feel like for me, it's not like I don't get scared after. Like, I will have nightmares and I will be scared as fuck and I will leave a light on in my house at all times. I will leave all the lights on. But I just... Maybe I torture myself. I don't know. I'm okay with it. Yeah, you do. Mm -mm. It's not for me. Yeah. It is estimated that 160,000 people have died on this island. And there are others who say that that's a lie. I saw a range of like 10 people from one. And this wasn't, this person was not like an authentic historian. Yeah. Other more reputable sources were like at least 100,000 people died. Yeah. And then other sources are like, more like 160 and i think we're probably in that hundred thousand range yeah because records were lost so yeah it was a lot of people i think yeah 100 percent. and we'll get into all of that well yeah 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 we'll, we'll get into how people know that but also surveys have been done that reveal that the ground is made made up of 50 percent human organic remains meaning on this tiny island 50 percent of the soil there is human ash also bodies being buried? It's terrifying. I saw something that said there's like grapes that grow on the island. Yes, and that people were like, "Oh, great! Grapes grow well because of ash." Yes, <laughs> like an ash-ridden soil, and I was like, "Okay." If you're drinking wine made from the grapes that grow on a person, Creepy. that feels like a bridge into cannibalism. Yeah, Mm-mm. right. Just don't okay, go there. Whatever. So we couldn't find that study where they did that, but the detail is mentioned in several different articles, and they mentioned, like, it was a scientific study that was conducted, and it's super creepy. So Pavilia has been used as a safe haven, a quarantine island, a military checkpoint, an institution, and all sort of other weird things. It can be traced back in official history documents to the bubonic plague, which we covered before. I think it's season... Two? Yeah, I think it is, too. That sounds right. So be sure to check that episode out if you want to hear more about the plague, because I absolutely loved putting that episode together. Yeah. So this island was first mentioned in print in the early 5th century as, like, a haven during invasions by Alaric the Goth and Attila the Hun in, like, 421 AD. Mm-hmm. People were fleeing to these, like, islands, and this island is a part of an island system. Like, there's a lot of little islands. So people were fleeing to escape the invasion. And remember this time in history, everyone's invading everybody else, like, constantly. It's, like, constant. Yeah. Who's in charge? I actually don't don't know. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to run away to a tiny island. Right. It's part of a group of islands that were actually kind of defensible. And so the military forces kind of left them alone. Um, They were basically, like, thriving. There was, like, small communities on these islands, and they were able to stay out of, like, many of the conflicts because people were like, meh, tiny island. That's fine. Leave it alone, yeah. Yeah. During, um, for some reason, was sure you would have to read this. (laughs) During the Chiogia War. I've never even heard of that war. Well, it's 
one of these tiny, I mean, constant wars, the Gen- yeah. Genoa in 1379 relocated residents to another island or Venice from yeah. Pavilion. We're in charge now. Y'all got to get off your tiny island. Go somewhere else. Um, essentially, they're like, you got to go. There was an octagonal fort built on the island as a military outpost and a naval artillery. And that was a post that protected and controlled, like, the lagoon, essentially. They were like, this is a great spot. Like, you little thriving community, fuck off. (laughs) Right. Um, And this was, like, an important defensive position for Venice. And the fort was an outpost that destroyed, like, enemy ships. So it was, like, tiny but super mighty. Yeah. And Venice was a massive port city Correct. that controlled I think a yes. lot of what happened in it I'm talking out of my ass right now what if I'm wrong doesn't matter no it t- it controlled a ton it was a it's very important yes like that city was important to trade to everything yeah so this island is right off the coast of that so it's like they used it as a defensive location to kind of yeah protect venice so after that, the island remained, like, mostly unpopulated, even though the government tried to, like, put people there. Like, they tried to put monks there in the 1500s, and monks were like, no, thank you. I don't want to be here. <laughs> and then you know. <laughs> um, I'm good, actually. I know I said I would be a monk, but I'm not a monk who lives on this creepy-ass island. I'm not going to be here. So the thank government you, finally day. figured out what to do and began to use the island as a human dumping ground in the first major bubonic plague. But they figured out what to do after, like, failing (laughs) because a ton of people died in that plague. Right. So, like I said, we did an episode on this, but essentially here's the quick spiel. The plague hits Europe and hits it hard. From the 14th until the 18th century, Venice was hit by disease over 60 times, And sometimes it would be a major outbreak, and other times it would be small if authorities were able to isolate people fast enough. And again, Venice was a port city. A lot of times the plague came in by boat, so Venice was often hit over and over and over. Correct. And here's a quick rundown of of just, like, the bubonic plague in general. They call it the Black Death, and they call it that for a very good reason, because it would end up being the most deadly epidemic in recorded human history, eventually causing the deaths of between 75 to 200 million people across Eurasia and North Africa, which is crazy. Yeah. The plague is caused by this bacterium called Yersinia pestis, which is commonly present in populations of fleas that are carried by ground rodents like mice, rats, marmots, things like that. So essentially those small mammals act as hosts to the fleas that are carrying the bacteria, and then the bacteria replicates in their blood so that when other fleas bite them, the new fleas become infected. In that way, the fleas and rodents together transmit the bacteria that causes the plague. So when the small mammal eventually dies off because of the infection, the fleas jump off and start looking for a new host, which is typically how they come into contact with people. Because again, remember, this is like, you know, 1400s. The sanitation isn't great. The living conditions aren't great. The streets are filthy. Rats are running everywhere. Fleas are everywhere. It's it's not good. Yeah. So people would get this disease and the symptoms of the disease include fever, Headaches, painful aching joints, nausea and vomiting, often vomiting up blood and fatigue. If left untreated, those that contract the bubonic plague, 80% of those people die within eight days of first catching the plague and starting to have these symptoms. According to the medieval historian Philip Dayleader, 
His last name is very hard. It is likely that over the course of four years, between 45 and 50% of the European population died of the plague. So as the plague spread across Europe, it was very common to set up these quarantine stations where people would be sent if they started displaying these symptoms. And the and the Venetians were like part of the start of those quarantine systems um, because they were like, ew, this plague is really gross. Correct. Um, they had to think about what's going on. And they came to a decision. They're like, we're going to ship off the plagued people to these series of islands. Get them away from everybody else. If they survive, amazing. If they don't, you God know, bless we, you. they were going to die anyway. <laughs> right. But now they're not going to spread it. So um, they like took a vote. I don't know. And they, I don't know who made this decision, but someone said yes. And they're like, perfecto. That's exactly what they did. So I'm guessing they didn't pull people who had the plague. Certainly not. Because <laughs> I would have been like. Please don't send me there, if I may. (laughs) Yeah. So this tiny island and then several other tiny islands that sit between, like, Venice and Lido became, like, the final resting places for many of these infected people of all of these different illnesses. Because once they started doing this, the Venetians were like, this is a great idea. So every time one of those 60, like disease, plagues, illnesses came up, they're like, you know the drill. Back to the islands for you. Yeah. Um. So we moved from, like, a monk's house and a military outpost to now it's, like, an illness dumping ground. Roughly half of the Venetian population died during this outbreak. And so their remains are mostly there. And if people were sick when they brought them there, that was something. They could also just be, like, dead and brought there. So if you were sick, then you could be, like, just walking around amongst these bodies because waiting to die. (laughs) On this tiny island, yeah. And part of the reason... So at the time, they obviously didn't know what caused the plague. Like, they weren't 100% sure. And so there was a respiratory variant of the plague, and people obviously thought that you could catch it if someone around you had the respiratory variant because they're coughing everywhere, right? And if you're living in a house with a group of people who all have the plague, chances are you're getting it. I mean, now it makes more sense to us, I think, after we've experienced, like, COVID, to understand, like, mass hysteria. And we have masks and hand sanitizer. These people are like, yeah, I'm going to put a beak on my face, and I hope that this helps. God bless us, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Also, they put the beak on their face, which, like, whatever. Have you ever heard about those beaks? They just put, like, flowers in the end so it didn't smell bad. Yeah, yeah. When we covered uh, the bubonic plague, yeah. Oh, we yeah, talked yeah. about it. Yeah, okay. They weren't, like, medical at all. No. It's like Halloween vibes. Right. With uh, potpourri. Like, you're doing shit. <laughs> They're like, I just don't want to smell this stank. Which, like, so, agreed. Right. But, yeah, that's all you're doing. But, like, <laughs> know that going into it. You're just, you're being more comfortable while you're dealing with this shit. And that's fine. So, people essentially learned how the illness was moving And then they saw that when they quarantined the sick, that worked. So go figure. They kept doing it. A lot of people still don't understand that quarantining works. That has nothing to do with me. Sips my tea. (laughs) We are calling out all the same people today (laughs) in one episode. And maybe you also wrangle possums. What do I know? Uh, You do. Guaranteed. (laughs) You're done. And you're done. Immediately. Get out. Why are you listening? You're not our audience. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So they're quarantining people on this island. They're like, great. This works perfect. However, 
they didn't assign anyone to deal with these sick people. Right. They essentially threw them on this island. They were like, see you in a minute. <laughs> Correct. We'll see you if you survive. See you when we see you. So the number of bodies starts piling up and becomes very quickly overwhelming both on the island and on land. So the Venetians invented and officially named the concept of Lazaretto. Did you like that Italian accent? Sounded right? It's better than me. Sounds good. Okay. In the early 1400s, which was exactly what we described before, quarantining the ill and potentially ill people. So if you had a fever, even if it was something else, they're like, you got to go to this island, bro. Oh, yeah. You're coughing. People are like, oh, you about to go. <laughs> oh, you have a rash? You got to go. To the island. and Because they're trying to curb the spread and the outbreak. Right. So they're making these quarantine stations. Right. And everyone, think about how hard it was for people, get people to wear a mask. Now. Now. With information and science. When we understand what things like oh, I don't know, viruses, bacteria, things of that sort are generally, as a population... I think this just showed me that people don't really understand. Well, that's not unfair. <laughs> and that's how I feel. <laughs> Feels right. Uh, where, beep, boop, bop, where You're am here. I? Okay, so quick fun fact. The word quarantine actually comes from the Italian word quaranta, which means 40, for the 40 days of quarantine that they would enforce... So they would send people to this island, this tiny hell island, for 40 days. I love it. This anthropologist, Luisa Gambardo, said when the plague struck the town, everybody sick or showing any suspect suspected symptoms were restricted on the island until they recovered or died. So they're basically like, sink or swim, see you later. <laughs> yeah, good luck. So this seemed to be a good idea for the Venetians. So later on, when all of those other epidemics came and the diseases, they just were like, Let's, you know, we have a plan, Stan. We're going back, reverting back. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Um, the bodies were continually, like, dumped and burned in mass graves as a sort of, like, perpetual bury burial ground on several of these islands, right? One of them was, God, how do you say this word? Pavilia. Pavilia. Okay. Just the title of the episode. No big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say the word. Pavilion. So barges, which are, like, ships, were used to move the bodies, and anyone who was stricken were taken from their families and shipped off to the island. Literally ripped from their homes mm -hmm. and put on a ship like, you can bring one thing, maybe. Men, women, children, does not matter. They're like, get to this island. Everyone gotta go. Mm -hmm. So when they spent their 40 days in quarantine, they were either dead or like occasionally they recovered and were fine. And those people, I'm sure everyone was like, that's a bop. <laughs> a different um, like 16th century, I don't know how to say this, chronicler? Chronicler? Chron chronicler? Is essentially a historian. This person who writes things down. Benedetti? Benedetti? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Rocco, he said of this uh, situation, like it looks like hell. The sick lay there, three or four in a bed. Often the dying ones and the ones who are too sick to move or talk were taken for dead and thrown on to the piled corpses. Mm -hmm. And then I just have things to say. Can you imagine being the person no. whose job that was? Absolutely fuck that. To throw the bodies. I If they asked me to do that, first of all, if they asked me to be on that island, I'd be like, yes, no, thank you. Sick. Healthy, does not matter. Second of all, can you imagine being sick and there are three other people in the bed with you while you're sick? Nope. No, thank you. Get out of there. Yes. 
So also, Pavelia wasn't the only island. It's part of a system of islands, and all of those were part of a mass illness removal and the displacement of sick people. Often, small islands would become very overwhelmed by the number of sick people on the island. In fact, when Pavelia was added to the system, it is said to have been added with no medical staff addition, meaning that the people who were sent there were basically thought to be as good as dead. Because they're like, go to this island, there's no doctors, there's no nurses, no one cares about you, and no one is helping you. I have no words. <laughs> like, So they... Yeah. People start dying in mass, and... And the mass graves that they're piling these bodies into are often burned as well. And one reason that they did that, did that was to prevent the further spreading because they were afraid, essentially, that by handling the corpses... Yeah. Which, which is makes fair. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't understand especially what's going on at the time, stay away from me. So they incinerated thousands of bodies... <laughs> did you start laughing all? <laughs> yeah. Like, stay away from me. Like, oh. <laughs> Do it. We've real bold in this episode. Yeah, about- I mean, just don't don't come near me with plague. I feel like that's fair. Oh, a thousand percent. No, thank you. Good I day. don't want it. If you have a fe- number one, still to this day, if you have a fever, if you have a cough, get away from me. Yeah. Don't come into our shared office. Don't. Okay. They incinerated thousands of bodies on Pavalia Island. There's actually still a sign on the island that says, do not dig or disturb the dead for contagion in life. They are resting. Yeah. 1793. Things are not great. Uh, In 1777, things are not great. Just by the date. I know immediately. (laughs) Period. (laughs) It couldn't be me. Um, The Magistrate of Health took the island and turned it into a checkpoint for all the goods and people coming into and going from Venice by ship. So this is kind of like a preventative measure. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, this quarantining thing works. What if we just like checked everyone and like if they're sick, then they have to stop on this island. Mm -hmm. They can't come. Fair. So any boat or ship heading into Venice had to pass a rigorous inspection as a preventative measure against illness and, like, disease, etc. I think they were scared from all the plagues. They had the same stay away from me vibes that I have, always. Don't come to my house. Yeah. Yeah, they get it. After experiencing our own pandemic, like, we get it. I'm so nervous for these people in a time where they had limited medical training and medications and, like, 50% of the population was dying. No. Immediately. Are you kidding me? 50%? No. In the 1790s, two ships failed the inspection when officials found cases of plague on board. And as soon as that happened, bam, quarantine colony. And if all of that had been the only way in which the island had ever been used, it would still be very haunted and creepy as fuck. But this would be less of an episode here and just a single story about Mm -hmm. this island. But there was actually a lot more that ended up going on. Now, some of these, we don't know if they're 100% true, but they are local legends, they are fun, and some of it definitely is true. Yeah, I think we we have to say the caveat that we don't know if it's true because a lot of it was passed down like orally as a lot of the documents. Remember, like people at the time were not writing shit down. I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. Like, Correct. They were not writing things down. So it's hard to get accurate description, but... I believe in Mm -hmm. legends being based in truth. So we're sharing the rest of the story about the island. And some of them are firmly based in fact. Like this one. It said that the last ship that was ever docked at Povelia was a Spanish brig that was forced to moor when disease was said to be on board. So this Spanish ship full of people comes to the island. They're like, yo, we're here to quarantine. After days, eight of the crew had died from the disease, probably bubonic plague, but the others were said to be in this weird state of shock, 
and no one could even communicate with them. When speaking to them, they, they wouldn't respond, things like that. Which actually, one of the symptoms of the bubonic plague, they say, is like a malaise. Your eyes are glazed over. You're just kind of like sitting there staring off into space, which is creepy as hell on this haunted island. Yeah. And I heard about this story that people would try and talk to them in like Spanish or like Italian, all those languages. And they would try and speak back in like some gargled like nonsense. Yeah. And people were like, are you okay? And the the ship is from Spain. Like, you should speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, you could speak right. this. Yeah. Um, they say that only one person on the ship was sane, and it was a boy that was on the ship. He was told to stay there on the ship while the others were taken to the island for quarantining inside the buildings there. One night, he heard this crazy set of sounds and noises, and he was like, nope. And he didn't go check, which he normally would have, but he didn't this night because probably he was a kid alone on a ship. Scared. Same. As an adult. Also, <laughs> Wouldn't have gone. <laughs> never would I go check. I love a scary movie. And I would never. It's not my business. I'd be like, that doesn't concern me. <laughs> not my business That sound has point. nothing to do with me. It's not my business. Good day. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> So the morning after, he goes in and finds all 23 of them in a small room mumbling phrases in what he described as a weird language. And they're just catatonic sitting there mumbling. Right. So with those kinds of stories, you would think people would be like, we should maybe stay away from this like creepy, scary Correct. island. Burn that island to no. the ground. <laughs> they continue to use the island. The geniuses decided to plant a mental hospital there in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Through the repurpose of the island's buildings, like the military outposts and the boat checking dock and all of that stuff. Yeah. Which I say to you, that place is haunted. Mm -hmm. You're going to put a mental hospital, an institution there for more haunting? Like, here's the thing. If you were writing this into a movie, at this point when they build a creepy mental hospital on this island, it would be too much for a movie. Do you know what I mean? this is... This is there's enough right. for a movie already. It would be like stop. We've had that. enough. The story of the boy is a whole movie by itself. I'll watch. That. I'm scared. <laughs> I would not, but I get it. Um, so the hospital may have like a new name and new purpose, but the situation around the hospital like felt the same. So the Venetians called this island, even though it's Pavelia, mm-hmm. the Island of Ghosts. So. That's a vibe. That's all I needed to hear to stay away. This again became the spot where anyone who showed symptoms of anything would be still sent to this island. But they were also like people who maybe considered um, like mentally like different or differently abled. They were just like putting people here. Um, They would dock and step out into this like half dirt, half human ash sand. Mm -hmm. And there are like so many stories circulating on several things that went on. Yeah. In the in this quote unquote hospital. And the stories are sinister as fuck. So people who were institutionalized here apparently started complaining that they would see ghosts and hear like disembodied wailing voices, which. okay, fair, because this island is definitely haunted. But basically, everyone who worked at this asylum chalked it up to the fact that they were in an asylum. So they're like, well, their word can't be trusted. Yeah. The doctor who ran the mental hospital apparently also conducted all sorts of brutal experiments on the island. He tortured victims, according to the stories. It was more of an exile for the mentally ill than any type of rehabilitation, which, based on the period of time that we're talking about, I'm not necessarily surprised. 
And we don't know his name because all of the documentation from the hospital was lost after the war, but there are lots of different accounts from people who worked on the island and people who survived this situation. I do believe that this actually happened. We know that there was for sure someone, a doctor running and he was doing experiments. We yes. just don't know his name. Yes. We also know that there was definitely an asylum there because it's still there. 100%. It is the, yeah, you can see it. It is the creepiest building I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. So we do know that he was doing experiments on people there. Um, apparently he had a real urge to stab people in the head during lobotomies. One of the articles that I read on, I think this was on the Ranker article, he used these devices that make me really, really uncomfortable, like hammers, chisels, drills, no anesthesia, no hand washing, no concern for anyone's well-being. He just went for it. Um, People also said that he would do these at the top of a bell tower, which... If you're doing anything at the top of a bell tower, you're evil, period. Besides ringing bells. Ring a bell or go home. That's it. If you're doing anything else, you're the devil. Yeah. People said that they could hear the victim screaming from the top of the bell tower where he did these quote-unquote procedures because, again, there were no anesthetics and these people had basically been deemed unwell and there were no no precautions of any kind taken to to actually help or save them. Yeah. So I read about the employees of the hospital and the patients said that they saw strange movements, lights, and voices. But because the patients were not to be believed, there wasn't much attention paid to their complaints. And the staff were said to be, would, would quiet down because if they started to agree with patients and people would be like, this is an asylum for the mentally ill. Oh, oh my God. I never even thought about that. So why are you agreeing with them? Like, do you see things? Are you hearing voices? Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever seen the movie Shutter Island? That's I've heard. I've read things about, of course I haven't seen it because it's scary. Right. But they compared this situation to that movie in a lot of articles. Very Shutter Island vibes. Yeah. And then the staff didn't want to talk about their work outside of the island. So they wouldn't even talk about it to their coworkers at the island because mm. they it was like they didn't want to be reported on. Yeah. But they didn't want to tell anyone else about their work because they were like, the reputation of this island is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the reputation of the hospital wasn't great because people were hearing stories about this guy who was running it. Right. And because the doctor was an asshole. So they didn't, like, push for public outrage. Yeah. So they made this, which kind of made the stories grow because if you don't have information, like, people will make something up. Sure. So everyone was just, like... Rocking and rolling. This man was giving out wild lobotomies. And then the head surgeon guy goes nuts. Yeah. The people said that he started to be harassed by ghosts himself. Yeah. He started seeing like menacing things in the shadows. Strange voices were in his head. The account is that he starts screaming one day and like rushes to the old bell tower. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to the top of the bell tower and like. There are two versions. Like, he either jumped Mm -hmm. or was pushed, they say. I saw it in, I saw it both, both ways in different articles. Yeah. Because I saw it where people are like, oh, he was pushed by something. Yes. I saw that too. And I'm like, oh, oh no, I don't want it. (laughs) I saw one story where it said an unseen force. Yeah. 
just like threw him out. Good on you. And there was a nurse who the stories say like saw him fall, like saw that happen, Mm -hmm. saw him alive. And then she says, again, this is like part of the story, the legend, that this fog comes over him because he was alive. And then he was dead after the fog. I saw that in multiple places that he was like laying at the bottom of the bell tower, like mangled. Not having done well after this fall from the top of a bell tower, go figure. Yeah. So creepy. Creepiest thing ever. Um, so the asylum was closed in 1968, but there is still a worn out sign that reads Reparto Psychiatria, which means psychiatric department, which still marks the location and serves as a reminder of the super creepy heritage of this building. There are these decrepit buildings that are still standing on the island um, as remnants of the the psychiatric ward. They're, they're moldy. There's barred windows. There are abandoned bed frames, you know, creepy, creepy stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, if there is a place in the world that is haunted, it is this place. I guarantee you. We'll post a picture, but it's, it's very creepy. After all of this closed down, it sits abandoned abandoned for a really long time. So fast forward to 2014, the government of Venice tries to auction off the island in 2014. Sounds right. And they try to get it in like a 99-year lease, which is pretty common for for big pieces of property. And they try to get someone to buy it and and they they want to generate income off of it. So this Italian businessman, Luigi Brugnaro, bid the highest. He bids uh 513,000 pounds, euros. Money. Does Italy use euros? They do. (laughs) Okay, whatever. (laughs) He eventually planned to invest 20 million euros in an island-wide restoration. Essentially, shit kept going wrong. The story that I read basically said things kept going wrong. Maybe he didn't have the money to do it. Maybe his bid was too low and he didn't actually get control of the island. Like, nobody really knows exactly what happened. Yeah, I I read that he, like... That the government was like backed out, basically. Oh, I see. Okay, because he they they wanted more, and then he was the highest, and I think he was like the only bidder. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so they were like, "Wait, okay, we'll take it. Okay, that wasn't what we wanted. We want more." And then they like found a reason to back out. Yeah. Is what I what I read. Maybe they found a reason to back out because you should never sell a place that is fifty percent human remains to a a businessman. Mm. Period. No. Um. Luigi eventually goes on to become the mayor of Venice. He's fine, I guess, after that. <laughs> in 2015, another group called Pavelia Pertuti, which means Pavelia for you, they wanted to raise 20 to 30 million for another plan, which would include a public park, a marina, a restaurant, a hostel, and a study center, which sounds lovely. I would definitely go to that. No! But that doesn't appear to have come to anything either. <laughs> you wouldn't go? No, you wouldn't go to that. I would not let you. If they had a restaurant and a marina, you wouldn't go? Fuck no! Did you not hear about the man that just got <laughs> thrown from the tower? No, thank you. I truly did hear about it. I just... Nope. I guess since I've never personally performed a lobotomy, I feel okay about no, maybe not these, being pushed. Some, some of these people who were harmed... Don't care who it is they harm They just want vengeance. Yeah. Fair. And I want vengeance for them too, but not on me. Eventually the story is that people keep trying to do something productive and nice with this island, but it never seems to work out for one reason or another. And some of them are really creepy. So 
at one point, this wealthy family is touring the island per- for a possible future home, like they want to build a house there. And their daughter allegedly had her face, quote, nope. torn apart by unseen forces. Because she because she had to get stitches. And yeah. this is like a real injury. It required 14 stitches, yes. Like, there is a hospital record of her going to this place. This is like a modern story. There has never been any explanation as to what happened to cause this wound. Yeah. But the popular rumor is that some violent entity attacked her and, like, pushed her down. So, basically, this island is haunted as fuck, and everyone who tries to do something with it encounters some strange and sometimes violent resistance to them doing something. I do not know why anybody is trying to do anything with this island. I think sink it. Fair. Immediately. I'm okay with that. That's what we know about this and that that's what we know about that so thank you for sticking around the twists and turns here love that what a vibe <laughs> and i really thought this was super interesting and i hope we can cover other places like this the history of islands like this i mean number one i've never heard of anything like this but i thought it was such a cool topic when jess suggested it number one i love creepy shit so i got so excited yeah this is your vibe we hope you like this episode as much as we did If you have ideas for episodes in the future or you come across anything verified or not, blue check or not, totally fine, um, send it to our DMs. um, Send us an email at malpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Like and subscribe. Rate and review. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, we got a a DM from a listener who suggested uh, an episode. Yes. And we're doing it. And I think her name was Lynn. Is that correct? Yes, Lynn. If you have an idea for an episode, be like Lynn. Send us a DM with your suggestions. We absolutely love that. Thank you, Lynn. Girl, come through with some more ideas. We love it. Thank you guys for listening. And don't forget. Malpractice makes perfect. perfect. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.